Hello everyone, welcome to the next episode of the Radio Data Podcast. Today our expert guest is Varun Batnagar, who works as an MLOps lead at Svetbank. Varun, welcome to our podcast. Thank you, thank you so much Adam, and thank you for having me here. Yeah, it's my pleasure. And the, the main topic of our conversation will be your cloud journey and MLOps at Svetbank. But as always, let's start with the introduction. Could you please tell us more about yourself and your company? Yes. So my name is Varun Patnagar, and uh, I'm working as a lead designer for DevOps and MLOps area in uh, Group Business Intelligence Value Stream at Swedbank. Um, I'm born and brought up in uh, India at a place called Vidisha, which is a very small town. I started my IT career in uh, 2010 as a consultant, working for Ericsson as a Python developer. And uh, this was a time when uh, I started developing uh, a passion towards uh, virtualization, automation, and cloud technologies. Uh, And I think that passion uh, gave me a chance to work at Europe's hotbed of innovation, which is Sweden. And uh, I came here in uh, 2014. And uh, since then, I've been uh, uh, helping various customers out uh, with, uh, with the adaptation of DevOps mindset, implementing CI/CD, and uh, also helping them out with uh, cloud migration journeys. Um, my journey towards MLOps started a few years back, uh, where when I joined the team, I I saw data scientists uh, working on their models, uh, developing, exploring, and trying to uh, train a model in a Jupyter notebook, uh, which was developed locally. Uh, and after validating the output, uh, the model binaries were getting tossed over the fence to the operation team and they were then uh, uh, kind of responsible for uh, deploying that into production environment. So it felt like a deja vu, uh, only this time it was with uh, machine learning and not traditional software engineering. So today in my current role, I, along with uh, a team of bright engineers, are shaping the state-of-the-art data and analytics platform for Swedbank on cloud. So could you please describe more the platform that you're building with your team at Swedbank? Yeah, sure. So uh, our platform is called Enterprise Analytics Platform or EAP in short, which is the state-of-the-art advanced analytics platform, which is built to cater to the needs of the whole bank when it comes to uh, advanced analytics and AI. Um, We are set up on cloud and we are using Azure as our cloud vendor. And we were done with the migration last year, somewhere around June, and we have pulled off the plug on our on-prem setup, and we are now fully operational on cloud. So as part of, uh, as part of migration, we have uh, we, we, we did quite a, quite a lot of things. So we have uh, migrated over 50 sources encapsulating around 650 plus tables. Um, we migrated around 95 terabytes of uh, data and now that data is stored on cloud. 
we have around uh, 22 plus analytical models fully operational on cloud and there are lots of other models which are uh, currently being developed as well we also have uh, integration with the various pi tools for reporting and uh, analytics and um, we are uh, fully secure and we are following all the compliance with regulations and uh, because we are we are a bank we have to do that um, and we also have uh, automated data governance and control access in place we also have uh, we we also have ci cd implemented we are devops by design so we have our automation and ci cd pipelines running across data infra and analytical workloads uh, so based on what you said, you have a very mature data platform in the cloud and you have implemented a number of analytics workflows that work in production and they serve uh, many business use cases. Uh, but let's maybe go back in time and tell us a little bit of history of how you discovered the need, uh, the need for moving to the cloud and building ML platform at Svetbank and for instance, what challenge, uh, challenges you have faced uh, when implementing it. Could you please elaborate a bit on that? Yeah, sure. So in order to uh, go through that, I will have to take you maybe a few years back, somewhere around uh, 2018 or 2019, uh, or as I, I like to call it, the Stone Age, uh, where we started experimenting with uh, machine learning in our value stream. We explored this area and we gained relevant knowledge. And we got our very first model deployed into production. And for us, this was a very huge achievement. Uh, and this was the very first step towards uh, MLOps. Uh, and what happened behind the scenes was that the code was written locally by the data scientist on, on a laptop. And a lot of hard work went into training and evaluating this model because uh, the data, getting the data and uh, training the model against it was one of the major challenges. So we got that sorted somehow. And with the help of some very uh, brilliant infrastructure engineers, we got this model deployed and executed in production. And since everything was done manually, it took us a lot of time uh, to get this model deployed into production. And while we were doing this, uh, we, we had a lot of learnings. And one thing we, one of the things that we realized was that uh, while doing this, we lacked integration with bank service. So we, we realized that we need to have that going forward. And the set of people who were involved in this whole process, uh, they, they were kind of disconnected. They, they were working in silos and uh, it, it took a lot of effort to get everybody onboarded and uh, get this model deployed into production. Uh, the next thing which we also realized was that uh, we will need some kind of automation to, to get this uh, deployed more quickly. So we lacked automation. We also realized that we, we need to do this in a proper standardized way. 
um and since everything was manual we we wanted to remove uh, this manual process uh, data set availability as i said was was one of the challenges um and we also realized that data is getting copied from one environment to the other which is taking one a lot of time the second thing was that this is um creating data and schema skews because um there there, there were there were those uh, issues with data quality and uh, we wanted to uh, get rid of those and again i mean this was the first model which was getting deployed so uh, there was no model registry which can track the experimentations the model runs uh, and there was no way of uh, monitoring the model so these were <clears throat> these were few of the learnings and one of the major learnings uh, which we had was that we also realized that machine learning systems cannot be built in an ad hoc manner like we will need an automated and streamlined machine learning process which will uh, not just uh, help the organization to successfully deploy the model in production but uh, it will also help us in uh, managing the risks as we onboard more and more use cases so uh, with with all of those things in mind we entered in in bronze age which was basically uh in uh, late 2019 to early 2021 was the span of this and the focus was uh, really towards uh, streamlining the model life cycle management and for that we started building some frameworks uh, which will standardize the whole model development process deployment process and we did that by integrating open source technologies which were available back then and uh, with that uh, framework implemented we had version control in place uh, we had a semi automated process of uh, deploying the models into production and this semi automated way was uh, a conscious effort because we were still new to this area and we wanted to have more control hence this was a semi automated process uh, we also had standardized environment uh, for development and deployment which basically means that you are having the exact same libraries software versions uh, the exact same runtime versions so that you can avoid configuration drifts and uh, we also uh, i mean there there were then uh, after that a lot of use cases which we were working with which we wanted to operationalize and hence uh, we looked at bootstrapping all those machine learning projects the repository so that uh, they all can look similar so all of those things which we did here uh, kind of helped us in uh, uh, having a standardized process for um, model life cycle management and it also helped us in shortening the time for model development and deployment to production at least from from how it was in in the stone age uh, although the timing was not ideal and we realized that there is a scope for improvement there as well so um from this what our learnings uh, the, the learnings that we had here were 
um, because of the semi-automated process, we realized that um, we have introduced some manual handoffs in between, um, which eventually led to bottleneck situations and uh, slightly delayed uh, delayed the, the, the process. Um, we still had uh, data and schema skews uh, issue. They were not completely removed, but uh, we tried getting them under control a bit from the from the previous uh, era. Then we uh, th th there were data availability issues in the sense that um, the data was only available in production environment. Uh, reason being. Uh, there were some compliance uh, compliance requirements that the data in production cannot be copied into the lower environments. So when the when the data scientists were starting to uh, do the experimentation or uh, when they were de developing the model, actually the the data was not completely available to them. So that was slightly a trickier situation back then, and. Uh, when when this happened, uh, the model was running into production. Of course, the production environment, not everybody will be having access to it. So data scientists were slightly flying blind there because they were not be in they were not being able to see the logs and uh, what what the model is doing, how the model is performing. So there was a challenge there. And uh, we for model registry, this time we had a slightly temporary solution in place, but we realized that that can be improved. So uh, we, we wanted to work towards that as well. And being on-prem, you have exposure to a limited amount of resources. And this was becoming one of the challenges because uh, as we develop more and more use cases, uh, they, they, the use cases became a bit more complex and they were uh, trying to consume more computational power. So, and considering the limited amount of compute resources, there were situations wherein other uh, workloads were queuing up uh, and they were waiting for their turn, turn to get executed and eventually they were getting timed out. So we, we realized that there is a compute crunch uh, with, with the on-prem uh, uh, on-prem setup and hence in pursuit of uh, mitigating these challenges that we faced above we we moved into uh, golden age or as i like to call it the era of cloud and this started somewhere in 2021 and it is still ongoing and uh, some of the key motivating factors because of which we moved into this direction were uh, our on-prem platform was actually approaching end of life and we were in, in dilemma whether we should be renewing the licenses or whether we should be investing in, in, in a different uh, uh, in, in, in a different direction. And uh, we, we also had a cloud first strategy adopted by the bank because we wanted to be the leaders in this area. And we also saw the increased demands of uh, new capabilities for advanced analytics within the organization itself. So there were these uh, these uh, factors which contributed 
in uh, moving towards cloud and while we were doing this we realized that we will have to uh, redesign and reengineer a lot of processes and ways of working which we did and as time progressed i think the maturity of the platform kept improving and today we are at a stage wherein we have put an end to our on prem setup and we are fully functional on cloud and what we have achieved in this is now uh, we have more collaborative teams we have different skill sets of people uh, working as one team so we have broken the silos there and i think we have the safe transformation uh, which we should thank because our value stream actually took that route of uh, doing the safe transformation which uh, helped us in having these different set of people working in one common art to deliver uh, this common goal uh, we have now a completely hands off deployment approach uh, you can still do uh, manual deployments but uh, that hardly happens we are uh, doing hands off deployment we have automated gate checks uh, and this automation is right now driven by code changes uh we have proper segregation of environments so we have a separate area for uh, exploratory data analysis we have separate area wherein the data scientists will do model development the deployment happens in a separate qa and production environments and uh, uh the 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 good part about these things uh is that we have centralized data we are although we have separation of environments uh we are not copying data in any of these environments but rather the data resides centrally and it's the data governance tool which is uh handling the data access in in all of these different environments and because of data being centralized we have removed the data and schema skews that uh, that were happening in in the in the previous setups we now have a proper model registry in place wherein we are uh tracking experimental runs we are tracking the matrix uh any model artifacts is getting registered there uh as we move into different environments the model stages are getting transitioned uh so we have a proper model registry now in place we have logging in place so now the data scientists are not flying blind when the model execution is happening in production but rather they have a complete visibility of what's happening with the model in each of these environments uh monitoring is uh, something which is partially implemented and this is something that we are working on at the moment so that uh this monitoring can help us in detecting when the model is getting stale and when uh it's time to retrain the model and uh get this model up to date so that is something which we are still working on so um, so with with this advancement in technology we have evolved our solution as well time to time and we have always uh have this uh, we we always have this uh, thought process of improving our ways of working as the technology is changing it's truly impressive and i really like your analogy of stone bronze and gold age that you used 
And it also reminds me a project that I participated in. And this was a project for one of the largest Central European banks. And it was even recently presented at our conference in Warsaw by their director of credit risk. And he described their cloud journey and their ML ops platform in the public cloud uh, during this presentation and few few other topics of course and what what is interesting he mentioned that they uh, discovered a few years ago that at a bank they were great at building uh, machine, learn machine learning models even very advanced ones and they were also good at collecting data from various data sources also very good at aspects such as data governance, uh, data privacy, data compliance. But something that they needed to improve was so-called time to production uh, for their machine learning models. So uh, they uh, set themselves an aspirational goal to increase the speed of development of those machine learning models by 100 times in time to market terms. And their way of achieving this goal was to move to the public cloud and build ML platform using best possible cloud managed and open source technologies. And they successfully achieved this. So I see many similarities between Swedbank and them. However, when they presented their solution at our conference, they mentioned that one game-changing technology for them uh, was Kedro because it massively improved how they now work at a bank, how their data scientists and different units collaborate, how they break the silos and share the knowledge. So uh, in your case at Swedbank, is there any game-changing technology that your team has developed or maybe something else that has changed so significantly the way that your data practitioners work at Swedbank? I uh, not say just one, but it is actually uh, a mix of slight improvements in uh, each and every area. And uh, as I mentioned that for us, uh, in order to break the silos, um, uh, there is uh, the safe transformation that we did uh, because now um, the, the different value streams uh, within the bank, they are uh, doing planning. They... At, at, at the same time and uh, we we did a uh, th there was a, a bit of restructuring which happened and uh, because of that restructuring there are different people from different skill sets uh, as i said uh, they, they are now being part of one uh, one release train uh, and then they are uh, their their focus is uh, on delivering those or meeting those common goals uh, which everybody is working towards it and this i think kind of uh, has helped us in uh, in a bit more uh, um, collaboration the, the the collaboration has improved um we now know uh, who's working on what if there are any dependencies they are being handshaken and uh, we we now know in which iteration what is coming so the collaboration between these different teams and different units uh, for sure has increased which has um, helped us in uh, breaking the silos. Uh, another thing is uh, the the architectural changes that we have done. Uh, I think that has also helped us in uh, uh, in uh, faster iterative development because 
um, we we have now um, like for instance this uh, data the centralized data part which i just uh, mentioned that has helped us a lot because now we have uh, reduced time in uh, copying the data and making sure that your data is available and we are not talking about um, mbs of data it's it's huge data that needs to get copied into these different environments which was happening in 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 the previous setups so that has also uh, uh, that has also uh, helped in reducing the time to market uh, another thing is now that uh, the teams are uh, the, the teams have a very clear goal as to what they want to achieve and in by, by which iteration they want to finish off their work maybe they want to uh they they want to source the data for, for instance maybe in uh, by by iteration 1 and by iteration 2 uh the the exploration should start so we have very clear goals now which is also contributing to these faster uh, and iterative uh, way of development yes yes and regarding the faster and iterative way of uh, the development of machine learning models they also mentioned that now they can iterate on each machine learning model in the cloud in much faster and in more frequent way so so that they can optimize their parameters uh, try new versions of the model experiment include or exclude uh, features used by a given model, uh, discover that the model is no longer working so well and it needs to be retrained. So at the end of the day, this allows them to actually build uh, better models and maintain them in a better way. And this, of course, generates better financial results uh, or it can reduce the risks that as a bank they are taking or this can also improve the customer satisfaction depending on what uh, the model should do. And having this set, um, all models that they uh, migrated from on-premise to the cloud, uh, they told that they perform better in the cloud than before on-premise thanks to the fact that now they can simply leverage the cloud Work, them, work on them in more efficient way, experiment, and so on. Um, and is it also uh, your case at Svedbank? Are your model uh, that also work in the cloud now performing better than on-premise? Uh, yes, uh, uh, of course. Uh, I mean, there is, with this uh, transformation uh, towards cloud, uh, I think that the performance increases because uh i mean you you are you're coming from uh from a setup where where you have seen things uh which are working not working so while while you are doing all of these um uh sort of retrospective uh, of uh, when you retrospect all of these things you you kind of see what your pain points are and then you start working towards it so uh, for us uh, in order to have this uh, proper um, M uh, implementation of proper ml ops in place we also um, listed down few of the pain points and uh, we have like uh, 
finalized around six components which are must have for for your whole mlops process for instance we we wanted to have versioning in place so um versioning of your source code your experimentation tracking your artifact tracking uh ensuring that whatever your configurations are for um maybe development environment it has to be exactly same for your test your qa your prod so that you are not uh, uh you're not having configuration drifts for instance uh you need to have your uh testing in place so you might maybe start with uh, basic linting ensuring that your repository structure for your ml ml projects are the same uh, you then might want to have uh, unit tests in place and uh, unit tests also in a way that uh, you would like to catch as much errors as possible in in your unit tests and uh maybe leave lesser things for your integration test because then it takes a lot of time which will then eventually uh if if you are finding more errors in your integration test then uh, you you are increasing your your uh, uh development time uh, because you are catching uh, errors later in the time so uh another thing is the automation part so with with all of this cloud uh, technology you have like uh integration of different services uh is 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 made very easier for for your whole uh, whole work to fall in place for instance if you're using azure you have a seamless integration with, between your azure devops uh azure repos and the different services that you are building upon so that helps in uh, having faster iterative uh development then another component that we see is reproducibility so you need to have model reproducibility you need uh, you do not need to have uh, configuration drifts you should have uh, similar library versions runtime versions you are not spending a lot of time in setting all these things up these things are there for you uh, which are made available by by your cloud provider all you are doing is just uh configuring maybe your your runtime versions your cluster policies and you are if you have implemented these things in a right way you will not be spending a lot of time in setting these things up from scratch for each and every use case or when your model changes changes the environment uh similar thing goes for your model orchestration as well because you you might be wanting your uh workloads to run in a frequent manner uh depending on what the use case demands uh there is another thing which uh, about monitoring aspect as well which we see as the sixth component which is basically your you are detecting model staleness you are detecting if your model performance is up to the mark or not so all of these things are actually coming out of the box for you you're not reinventing the wheel you're not uh investing your time in 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 developing all of these solutions from scratch but rather your cloud provider is uh already having those things integrated in different services in some shape or form so that kind of helps and if you have a seamless uh well defined ways of working processes in place i think it it gets a bit easier which then uh in in the longer run um generates more business value uh, and uh, helps you in 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 more efficient ways of working and then uh, of course with with all of these things configured rightly you will have uh, better performance uh, for for your for for your use cases 
Mm -hmm. So, uh, given the fact that your cloud journey at Svetbank is su uh, so successful, I assume that you will continue this journey and you will adapt new technologies and you will include feedback from your users in your roadmap and you will add uh, new capabilities to your data and ML platform. So, could you please describe what is your fo focus this year and how you would like to continue development of your platform and what new features and capabilities you are going to add to, to it? Sure. So, um, I mean, we, we understand that uh, the DevOps and MLOps concepts are uh, developed over time and uh, uh, now that we have a stable and compliant platform up and running, uh, we plan to work on adding more and more capabilities that will generate uh, more business values and uh, that will help customers to meet their needs. So our, our focus areas uh, are mainly, uh, one of the focus key focus area is to uh, uh, to make this available to as much uh, users as possible. And for that, we need we we understand that we need to have uh, a strong uh, training and support area ready for this uh, to be made available to all the users, so that uh, when they are getting onboarded, they they feel comfortable, they know or they they know uh, what is coming, how they have to work with certain services. Uh, they need to understand the ways of working. So we plan to. Uh, polish our uh, training and support modules that we have uh, so that we find the right balance between uh, between the cost and the performance uh, so that the resources on the cloud can be used in a much more efficient way. Uh, the second uh, focus area is the model lifecycle management, uh, wherein uh, we, we want to increase the automation as much as we can. And uh, the way with the evolution in uh, technology and uh, the cloud vendors pulling out new features every month uh, i think we uh, we we want to keep up to uh, we, we want to keep up with that and uh, we want to keep on rolling out the best practices uh, we we want to add more and more capabilities for instance right now we are working on uh, uh, having this feedback loop completed, wherein uh, we are we are working with model monitoring, detecting the staleness of the model, and if any thresholds are breached, we want to retrain this model and uh, make sure that the users are notified and uh, the newer model makes its way into production. So those kind of things are something which we are uh, right now focusing and uh, working on. Uh, another aspect that we are focusing on is the security and governance area, wherein I think, in my opinion, being a bank, this will be a never-ending work. So because we will have to keep on updating our uh, security frameworks, the lineage tracking, uh, we have to keep up with the security norms. So uh, that is another area which we are targeting and which we are completely continuously working on. Uh, the Another thing which we are focusing on is the accelerator part. Uh, is what we call it, which basically means that we are trying to create uh, reusable assets for the users, uh, wherein when they are getting onboarded, they are not reinventing the wheel uh, and whatever is available, uh, they can just come and make use of it. So, uh, so those are a few things that we are uh, focusing on uh, this year.
Yeah, it, it looks really amazing. Uh, many new uh, capabilities, many new functionalities that you will add to your data and ML platform to make it even better and uh, better especially for your users at Svetbank. And we actually haven't yet talked much about specific technologies. So could you please also describe your tech stack and share what technologies you are using? For our uh, basic cloud setup, I think we have, I think I've already mentioned, we are uh, set up on Azure. For uh, any of the compute workloads, we are making use of uh, Databricks. Uh, we are heavily, mm -hmm. uh, heavily using that. Uh, when it comes to version control and CI, CD and DevOps, we use Azure DevOps. And uh, we, we do not make use of all the services of Azure DevOps because we already have few services set up in the bank. So uh, we have only picked and chosen the services which we really need for integrating the, the, the source code uh, to different services. Um, and uh, for, uh, for access control at the moment, we are using Immuta as our tool. Mm -hmm. And uh, for orchestration, uh, at the moment, we are uh, uh, vouching on the Azure Data Factory. Mm -hmm. And for sourcing, we use Abinitio as one of our ETL tools. And do you also use an open source technologies? Uh, well, yeah, open source, uh, we, we use, uh, we make use of Docker and Kubernetes, but, mm -hmm. uh, I mean, those are again coming from the cloud vendor, like they, they there are different mm -hmm. services, which they have like mm -hmm. molded into the, into the mm -hmm. cloud yeah, yeah. as one of their cloud services. So, yeah, I mean, mm -hmm. we, we are making use of that, but then they are again branded as, uh, Azure services. Uh, yeah, so probably Spark or MLflow. Yeah, I mean, uh, if when when we are making use of Databricks, they as I said, the they they are again coming integrated with uh, with the product itself. So yes, we we make use of MLflow, uh, and yes, for machine learning models, we use Spark. Yeah, so we, we talked briefly about this earlier, but because the mission of this podcast is knowledge sharing, I, I would like to ask this question. So uh, please imagine that you, you would do this cloud journey one more time and you, will, you would need to build uh, data and ML platforms again. So what would be the lessons learned or the things that you would like to avoid or even mistakes that you wouldn't like to make again? Any like important things that you would prioritize to make a such, such a project even more successful? So could you please tell more about that and share uh, your thoughts? The very first thing that I will do is break the silos. Uh, because I think that is very, uh, very much required considering the, the different, uh, different set of people that you will need in order to, uh, make this whole journey a success. Uh, you cannot afford to have people working in silos. Um, the next thing is very obvious one, but I think we tend to miss the obvious things, which is basically maybe having a clear vision as to what you want to achieve 
uh, and as you on your way uh, nail down some of the milestones you might have to revisit and uh, see whether you are on track or not and then maybe have more and more milestones as you go ahead um another thing which i will maybe avoid is uh, not try to reach to the whole mlops journey in one go but rather i would divide this in a phase wise approach as we did uh, for for this journey so i will not try to reach the nirvana of mlops in just one step but i would rather go for quick wins uh, phase wise approach mm-hmm. and as we build more and more mature <clears throat> mature platform more and more mature capabilities we then uh, look on to the next one and and uh, get that integrated in the platform um another another thing maybe is um i i i mean there there is no in my opinion single recipe for uh, for ml ops to work uh in my opinion uh, you you will have to define your own processes and ways of working because you are the owners of it you know your system better so i mean yes there are articles white papers books available uh, which you can refer to uh, but uh, they shouldn't be the only uh, only driving factor i think you should be i mean not not going by the book but rather understanding your processes and ways of working in a much better way and then trying to apply those things uh into into your architecture and see what fits what doesn't fit mm-hmm. yes those are fantastic recommendations and great lessons learned based on your experience uh thanks a lot for sharing them and when asking these questions you gave a number of concrete suggestions but you also mentioned that everyone should define own processes and ways of working because everyone knows his or her company uh, better and systems and its culture so uh, before we finish our podcast could you please tell us more about your processes operating models and the way of working at Swedbank sure so um we we knew that moving to cloud as is will uh, not solve our problems magically and uh, we knew that we will have to reengineer and redesign few of our processes and ways of working so as a first step uh, we listed down the pain points from our previous setups and solutions and uh, the current needs of the organization so we made a list of that and we started categorizing them and uh, we we got three major categories uh, after that so one was the operating model which basically aimed at uh, breaking silos and creating more collaborative teams so that um, the work can flow in a more smoother manner and the second is uh, having uh, processes and ways of working defined which fits the ecosystem and then the third is the capability and uh, technology mapping so which basically means that <clears throat> based on the requirements we uh, we we uh, have we, we we draw the capability map and then we try and see which technology uh, fits into those uh, 
those those capabilities so um, if we go into into more details for operating model maybe then uh, the main goal while while we were creating an operating model was to uh, to generate business value from the analytics to the bank and to the customers uh, which can maybe promote uh, the standardization for code and processes which will help in uh, shortening the time to market for analytical deliveries and that will eventually lead to uh, faster iterative development so uh, with with that thought in mind we we started creating team structure and that team structure had uh, an epic owner uh, it had core team which was containing of product manager product owner scrum master architects and risk manager uh, it uh, it also had uh, what we call pods so and, and there were three different pods which we created uh, and those pods were having their own responsibilities which they were uh, which they were supposed to carry so we had uh, infrastructure pod which was responsible for uh, setting up a stable and functional platform and there was application enabler pod which was having a mix of uh, data scientists and uh, ml engineers uh, who were responsible for developing a solution for model life cycle management and then we also had uh, as last pod which was the data and io pod which was mainly responsible for uh, data acquisition from new sources uh, ensuring that the data is available uh, ensuring that the data governance is is in place and data access policies are being put on so that was the responsibility of uh, the the data and io pod and this is how the whole operating model for us looked like um the next thing was as i mentioned we we started working on having our own processes and ways of working and uh, in order to be more reasonable and to measure the success criteria we introduced a phase wise approach um and here we we the, the first phase was the solution and design phase and this phase was again divided into two more phases which was phase 1 solution design phase 1 and solution design phase 2 and uh, this phase was uh, <clears throat> completely focused on uh, uh, evaluating the capabilities of the machine learning and ai on azure so in phase 1 it was very theoretical uh, and it was strictly time bound which was uh, a 6 to 8 weeks affair wherein uh, we defined the scope and uh, we did high level designs and activities uh, and uh, the the phase 2 was mainly aimed uh, at transforming the the theory theoretical knowledge that that we gained in phase 1 into more practicality so what we did was uh, to be more reasonable we picked up a non critical use case and we started uh, the, the the focus was to evaluate uh, the the capabilities of ai do some feasibility studies around this uh, use case and see what value we are able to generate 
and uh, the focus was um, to 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 create reusable uh, assets uh, and not to do dirty POCs because we knew that whatever we do from solution and design phase will will be the base for us to to work uh, for for other phases. So. Um, with, with that in mind, we started this migration and implementation phase, uh, <clears throat> wherein uh, we defined our migration strategy. And uh, from the from the previous phase, we had clear plan as to what parts of the solution we will have to lift and shift, and what parts of the solution will need re-engineering. And uh, because of the work that went into the solution and design phase, we had a clear time plan and uh, we started our implementation work. And the focus was in this phase to implement the features that we had on-prem. And that was one of the KPIs that we set in order to measure the success criteria of migration and implementation phase uh, for EAP. And uh, hence, uh, in this phase, we implemented uh, the, the frameworks for uh, model lifecycle management, um, the the modeling, the the model versioning, uh, automated stage transitioning, scheduling of models. So those those were the few success criteria which were defined for uh, for migration and implementation phase. And then the last was the enhancement phase. And this is the phase where we are in at the moment. And uh, after spending like, uh, I don't know, uh, 18, 19 months on both SND and migration phase, we have now embarked upon a journey of uh, enhancement phase where we plan to improve upon the existing features and capabilities of the solution and also adding up new features to cater to the needs of the whole organization. And in this phase, what we plan to do is uh, have uh, enhanced features and add more features, such as, as I said, model monitoring is one such feature where we are wor working on. Uh, we are also working on features like uh, data versioning and uh, model reproducibility and, and whatnot. So that is something which we, we have planned for enhancement phase. Uh, so this was typically the, the mindset that we had uh, while we were doing this uh, and the the decisions that we made uh, they, they typically worked out fine for us um the next next thing was again the capability bab which i was talking about and uh what we did was before uh, before finalizing any tech stack we started jotting down the the capabilities uh, and for this, we needed a, a feedback from the users as well because they will be the uh, they will be the ones using it. So we were constantly in touch with the with the users, and we also looked at the needs of the organization. And also, uh, we had a lot of internal discussions as well as to what are the functionalities and capabilities that we would like to see on the platform. And uh, uh, with all those discussions, we had a, a huge list of uh, functionalities that we would like to have on the platform. And uh, what, uh, <clears throat> sorry, 
and uh, the capabilities or functionalities like uh, having reusable model pipelines ci cd capability of uh, training a model evaluating a model having environment separation code versioning and all of those things so uh, we we the, these are few examples of those capabilities and after having that capability map what we did was we started defining the maturity level of each of these capabilities starting from absent to low to high and this eventually gave us a uh, uh, a future roadmap to work on so it it gets a bit more easier when you have things in in a in a structurized manner and with these capability with this capability map it gets a bit more easier to plan the backlog activity based on what features your customer or the stakeholders are asking for and then uh, what do you want to see and that kind of gives you a good backlog to work on yes it's really systematic and a very well structured approach and what is the most important it actually worked for you because you uh, delivered a very advanced data and ml platform in the cloud in a very efficient way and now your platform is used uh, in production use cases at Svetbank and it's you still have a number of great ideas how to iteratively add new capabilities to this platform in the short term and also in long term yeah absolutely so I will be very excited to talk to you again in the future to learn how your platform is evolving and how you adapt it to new requirements, uh, new priorities, new feedback, especially given the fact that the world and macroeconomy uh, change so fast and new regulations are being introduced especially in the banking and finance sectors. And of course, banks uh, need to respond to them and adapt their solutions, including data and MLOps ML platform, so, so that they can stay and uh, stay innovative. Oh yeah, absolutely. It would be fun to connect again, for sure. <laughs> Having this said, I would like to thank you for this conversation, uh, for sharing your knowledge and experience with us. And hopefully the recommendations, uh, tips, uh, advices that you shared with us will be also helpful to other companies that are moving to the cloud or building their data and ML platforms there. Yeah, hopefully. Thank you. Thank you so much, Adam, for having me. It was, it was really fun. Thank you. Thank you very much.